Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. After a day away from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, we're out at the Oyo Hotel and Casino on Monday. It's our Monday night football spot. We enjoyed what well, we watched the Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs Monday night football action. But we are back at it. My man, DeMond Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I am in the home studio as I uh, had a chance to uh, talk to head coach Josh McDaniels earlier this morning over at Raiders HQ. Also uh, had to buy, uh, an opportunity to be a part of the Raiders roundtable this morning with JT the Brick and also Bucky Brooks. That was filling in for uh, Lincoln Kennedy. So that's out right now on Raiders YouTube. So you can check it out at some point. Uh, I suggest like 501. That'd be a really good time. You can start to check Check it out if you'd like, because right now we're locked and loaded for the next three hours. Obviously, coming off a tough defeat on Monday Night Football with the Raiders losing to the Kansas City Chiefs 30-29 to in a game that was very winnable, which is what I feel like I've said four times this year already as the Raiders now are 1-4. and four. So welcome into Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and JVT. John Von Tobel uh, led things off, and then you just heard Harry Ruiz filling in for JT the Brick, and now myself with DeMond get to take you home for the next three hours. And as I uh, mentioned if you want to hear the Raiders roundtable show that we were able to do this morning at the Raiders podcast studio JT the Brick uh, Bucky Brooks and myself you can check out the Raiders YouTube page uh, it's up and available right now also right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 it'll be played the audio edition of it will be played starting at 501 so there you go you want some more Raider content I know it's a little bit tough to bear today as uh, the Raiders take that tough loss to division rival Kansas City in Kansas City and again in a game that was very very winnable as far as I'm concerned and it's so funny before we get into the meat of the show uh, immediately after signing off yesterday I was sitting at the Oyo sitting in the underground lounge with everyone who came by and shout out to everyone uh, including Vegas Jess and and Jason and Demi and my man D-Man came by and you know there's a lot of Raider Nation that was out there representing Juan the Smasher was there hanging out with us it was really cool Alan in Vegas was hanging out with us a bunch of folks came DeMond came and represented after the show I mean so many folks came and represented the wife even showed up to make sure I was behaving myself I mean it was all cool right Everyone was there, and my mom texted me and said, all right, I know that you said you picked the Raiders to lose this game, but right now, how do you feel? What's your gut feeling tell you? And I'll tell you, Raider Nation, I told everyone sitting at the table, for some weird reason, I feel like the Raiders are going to win this game. And then they got out to a 17-0 start. And when they hit that field goal to put them up 17, I'll tell you, and DeMond knows because he was sitting there right there, I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Those field goals are gonna, you know, gonna hurt the Raiders. And but they were looking good, seventeen nothing. So at first, I thought I was, uh, you know, I was gonna come in today and be t- able to talk about a victory and the Raiders uh, upsetting Kansas City in Kansas City and sending all those Chief fans home uh, upset. But unfortunately for the Raiders, that was not to be. Again, dropping thirty to twenty nine to Kansas City, and now one and four on the season, and now they're in their bye week. Now, I would normally would say it would be fantastic to go into their bye week after that game, you know, and just be able to lick their wounds, get uh, get healthy, and prepare for the rest of the season. But, man, oh, man, now there's so much. After the way that that game shook out, them losing, them being at 1-4 and four on the season, knowing that they were a playoff team a year ago, everyone's always going to reference back to that. This is, I think, a bad time to have a bye week because, man, it's just going to be a whole lot of conversation about what in the hell's going on. 
What is the problem? What is the big disconnect? Of course, we're going to talk about it on the show as well. You know, what's the biggest issue? The Raiders have given up, what, 130 points this game, this season, and they scored 125. So it's nothing even close to what they were doing last year. Last year, I mean, they gave up way more points than they scored, and they still found a way to win 10, 10 games. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the issues. We're going to talk about what's the reason why the Raiders can't finish games. You know, uh, who needs to step up? We're going to, we're going to do all that uh, throughout the course of today's show. And, well, again, it's a bye week. So, uh, uh, we got all week long to talk Raider football, and then all next week leading into the Texans game. So normally on what to a Wednesday we start to turn the page to the next team. Well, the next opponent on the on the schedule is is open, so there is no next opponent. So I mean, it just makes this loss to the Chiefs going to simmer just a little bit more. And so that that's unfortunate, but you know the bye week did come in a good week for the Raiders as far as having an opportunity to try to get healthy. Coming up on the show today at two thirty, we'll have our good friend Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, also the RJ. He was in Kansas City watching the game last night. He was in the locker room following the game. So we'll get Ed's thoughts, uh, how he saw the game shake out, uh, where he thinks that the game was lost for the Raiders. All his thoughts from Ed Graney. He'll join us again at 2.30. Then on Tuesdays, our normal 3 o'clock guest is always John McClain from gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. Immediately when that fourth down play happened, uh, last night when Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro ran into each other and the game uh, ended basically right there uh, on that play, John sent me a text and said, terrible play call. Hate that play call. Should have fed Josh Jacobs. He was cooking with grease. I feel the exact same way. I didn't like that fourth and one decision to, to throw the ball deep down the field, uh, even though it worked earlier in the game for him. I thought that with the way that Jacobs was running the rock, that that's what he should have done. Matter of fact, probably should have ran the ball on third down uh, even before that fourth down play with Josh Jacobs, just the way that he was, he was cooking. But John McClain sent a text to me immediately following the game. So we'll get his thoughts on the game. We'll get his thoughts on the big elephant in the room, which is all the, the over – the overcorrecting of what the officials are doing right now is they're trying to protect the quarterbacks and they're doing too much. I mean, let's just put it like that. You know when folks say, hey, you're doing too much? That's what the officials and that's what the NFL in general is doing right now, uh, you know, making sure that these quarterbacks are protected uh, way more than they need to. At the end of the day, man, they're still football players. At the end of the day, they're still allowed to get tackled, but apparently they're not. Right. And anyone who thinks that that Chris Jones, uh, that uh, unnecessary roughness penalty uh, on Derek Carr when he when he strip sacked him and, and, and rolled on him, whatever they want to say. If anyone thinks that was a legit penalty, you're crazy. Right. Uh, let me be the first to tell you that was an awful call. Then uh, it's an awful call. Now it was an awful call when it happened with Tom Brady over the weekend. Uh, it's just it's an over. Uh, reaction to what happened with Tua Tagovailoa, and now all of a sudden, you know, the league is trying to really protect the quarterbacks with kid gloves. And I get it; I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect their product. But even last night, you saw Max Crosby sack sack uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes one time, and he didn't even take him to the ground. He basically hugged him and then waited till the 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 whistle was blown before he let him go. Like that's not. That's not what they should be doing. They should be taking these guys to the ground because these guys are strong, they're athletic, they're big, and they're able to wiggle out of those kind of situations. Could you imagine if that had been Kyler Murray and Max was trying to hold on to him, all of a sudden he just wiggles out of that, and then why didn't he take him to the ground? Well, because he doesn't want to get a 15-yard penalty. It's just it's, it's league-wide. It's not Raider-wide. It's league-wide. It's just something that's terrible. The Raiders just happened to benefit from it, and it cost Kansas City three points. But then the league decided, or the referees decided, or both decided, hey, let's over 
uh, correct ourselves and let's give a makeup call or 12 uh, in the second half and make sure that uh, the Kansas City fans and the Chiefs aren't too angry about the blown call that we had in the first half. And I never start a show uh, complaining about the officials, but just the way that they did the ultimate makeup calls and the Malcolm Koontz holding penalty on the field goal attempt that was a miss, that was awful as well. It's just right now to me, and again, this is league-wide. It's not just one game in particular. I think that the league and the officials just don't have a clue of what they should be calling and what they shouldn't be calling. And, and again, after they realized how bad of a call that was on Chris Jones, I definitely believe they went out there with the intention to have a couple makeup calls. And that one on Koontz was the worst. That was the worst makeup call I've ever seen in the history of makeup calls. I mean, that was just bad, right? I mean, that's just one of those you just you, you can't do that. that. That was terrible. But here we are. We're talking about a Raider loss on, a, on Tuesday, and that play was massive. So, you know, there was a lot of reasons why the Raiders lost that game. It wasn't just the officiating, but I'll tell you what, they didn't do, they didn't do the Raiders any favors uh, in the second half of that game. So John McClain, we'll talk to him, all things NFL. We'll be very Raider heavy with him at 3 o'clock. 4 o'clock, our normal Tuesday guest, uh, Lincoln Kennedy, uh, who's part of the Raiders ra- uh, radio broadcast. Uh, he was up there with uh, Jason Horowitz. He's going to join the show at 4 o'clock, and I know that he's doing a little bit of traveling, so we'll make sure that we, we get him into in his window. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he'll talk to us about what he actually saw on, uh, on, on Monday night at the game at Arrowhead Stadium, what he thought about some of the decisions that were made. And I know that there's a lot of controversy as far as, uh, you know, some decisions that were made. The head coach, Josh McDaniels, going for two, whether that was a good decision or not. Some people are analytic folks. Some people think it was great. Some people, like myself, don't like it. But, again, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, at the end of the day, he called what he called, and he rolled with it. But we'll get Lincoln Kennedy's thoughts as a guy who's been in the trenches, a guy who's been there, done that, and also was on the broadcast watching it from above, just kind of telling us what his thoughts were as he saw everything unravel. So Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 4 o'clock. And then at 4.30, it's Tuesday, so you know we always make the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week uh, award winner uh, announcement and who it is. And today it is Coach Darwin Peterson from Democracy Prep High School on the west side of Las Vegas. And uh, they're doing some things over there, man. They really are doing some things. This is a, a team that doesn't even have a practice field. This is a team that when they practice, they practice in a park. Think about this. Think about your high school and think about this high school practicing in a park because they don't have a field. But they don't use that as an excuse. They don't say, well, we can't win games because we don't have the best facilities. We don't have the best, uh, you know, the, the best equipment. You know, we don't have our own field. They just treat it as a circumstance and they overcome it. And uh, Coach Peterson comes from L.A. He's a guy that has uh, been brought in. He's been here for a few years now. He's been brought in to try to turn things around and bring some positivity and some hope to the west side of Las Vegas. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that have gone and tried to give back to the west side. And, Damon, you remember, I think, last summer when Shaq was here redoing the the hoop courts out there on the west side. And, you know, I remember Shaq saying specifically, because I was out there, he said, hey, I leave my house in Las Vegas. I live in a beautiful neighborhood. We got the best amenities. I got the best hoop court. I got a soccer field. I got a volleyball net. I got this, that, and the other all outside in the, in the park that's near my house. Not in my house, at the park. He's all, but then I travel into the west side, and I don't, they don't have anything. So it's my job, and he said it's my job, Shaquille O'Neal's job, to start to turn things around. So I know Shaq's been very heavily involved in the community, and that's what Coach Darwin Peterson from Demo- uh, Democracy Prep 
high school is also trying to do, but obviously not doing it in the whole community, but doing it with the high school, which goes out into the community. So I think it's really big, and uh, they came up with a big victory on uh, on Friday, last Friday night, and so uh, he's the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the war- Year or the uh, Week Award recipient. So we'll talk to him at 4.30 as we do every single Tuesday. So now you know the guests, Ed Graney, John McClain, Lincoln Kennedy, and Coach Darwin Peterson all coming up on the show. Let's jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So there was a nugget that Tashawn Reed from The Athletic put out on Twitter last night that I found to be really intriguing and really interesting as well. He said, Josh Jacobs is third in the NFL in rushing. Devontae Adams is eighth in the NFL in receiving. Max Crosby is tied for the NFL lead in sacks. And the Raiders are one in four. Which, if you put it like that, would you, if I had just told you that that was going to be the stat line after five weeks for those three guys in particular, I don't think there's any chance any of us are going to say they'd be one in four. Right? I mean, again, and especially with Max Crosby tied for the league lead in sacks and Josh Jacobs third in the NFL in rushing, Devontae Adams eighth in the NFL in receiving. And some will say that that's kind of low. For Devontae Adams, which I, I kind of feel like it is a little low for him, even though he's had multiple touchdowns in the game and, uh, you know, only on three catches last night, still goes over 100-something yards. Another crazy stat to throw out there that I saw on Twitter last night was that the Raiders were the first team in NFL history, not the first team this season, the first team in NFL history, think about that, to do this, have – Wait, hold on. Where is it? Oh, now I've lost it. Okay. 150-yard rusher in Josh Jacobs, 100-yard receiver in Devontae Adams, no turnovers, and no more than two punts, and lost the game. They're the first team in NFL history to do all that in the game and still lose. So that leads me. I wanted to go ahead and point those two little facts out real quick so it can lead me to the questions that I have for you today. Uh, you can throw it out there on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, we want to hear from you. You don't have to call in screaming and yelling at us. You don't, you know, hey, look, we're just the messenger. We're just the weatherman. Sometimes we have to remind people that we're not the guys calling the plays. We're not the guys executing the plays. So you can call in, give us your thoughts, but you don't have to scream at us. We do appreciate when you're not screaming and yelling. So the question is, What is the biggest issue that you're seeing right now with this team? Why they're not winning games? Last season, and we talked about this all summer, Damon, last season they won all the close games. Remember all the close games that they they were in, they were finding ways to win. This season they're losing all those close games. And that's something that people would join the show and say, yeah, Q, you can't really base, you know, last year's performance off of what you think they're going to do this year. Those 10 wins, what, six of them were walk offs. Well, you can't count on having walk-offs and winning those tight games every single year. At some point, it all, you know, it all evens out. And again, I just feel like, hey, man, if you find ways to win games, you're a team that finds wins to win, win games. You know, again, I'm not a guy that signs up for all the analytics stuff. I know Pro Football Focus is good with what they do, but I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. I never have, but I get it, right? A lot of people take all the analytics stuff, uh, you know, to be to be the Bible, to be gospel, you know, and so. I just look at it and realize they have some guys that are doing some good things, you know, some skill position players in Jacobs, Adams, Crosby. They're all doing really well, and yet the team is 1-4. So, Damon, I ask you, when you watch these games, when you observe, what do you feel like is the biggest issue on why the Raiders can't close games out? 
It's what Josh, Coach Josh McDaniel said. It's execution. The team just isn't executing. When you go back to just the last play of the game, I know you can say, hey, maybe they should have ran the ball, but it's also poor execution. And I know that you mentioned the fans, hey, hey, this team, they're a playoff team from last year. But people just do not want to accept that, hey, winning does not carry over. Another thing that Coach McDaniels has also said, I remember we had Austin Gale on during the preseason, and he said he didn't think the Raiders were going to be as good of a team because of winning all of the walk-off games. And that's just something that I don't think that Raider fans want to accept that, the winning that this team had last season, it's just not going to carry over. And we can say a new system, these guys have to jail right, but at the end of the day, this team is just not executing when they need to. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a good point. But, you know, I, I would also argue that I thought that there was a lot of good execution on Monday night's game. Uh, there was just some critical mistakes, right? I mean, and I said it when it happened. One of the big things that stood out to me last night, and I really was – I don't want to say upset at it because it wasn't something to be upset about, but it was something that stood out to me that I thought was a big deal was that that Roderick Teamer face mask penalty at the end of the first half. That was, to me, that was such a big play because it single-handedly allowed the Chiefs to be basically in field goal range. They had already picked up 17 yards on the play, and then you add a 15-yard penalty on top of that. That pretty much put them in field goal range, and they still had to kick a 59-yarder. Now, i got to give the credit, the, the credit to the kicker for drilling the 59-yarder, but if you don't have that 15 yards, there's no way you even line up for that kick. You know what I mean? So that, that to me, bothered me, knowing that the Chiefs were going to get the ball to start the second half. So, uh, again, DeMond, I know you don't believe in momentum, but they took some, in my opinion, momentum to the locker room and came out of the locker room feeling good about themselves, and they went about their business, handled their business. And before you knew it, the Raiders were looking up, and they were down 24-20 as opposed to up, right? I mean, it's just, it's just one of those. I thought that that was a big critical mistake, and – one of the things that bothers me about the critical mistakes that they're making and the timing that they're making it and the penalties that they have, I mean, you look at all the penalties, and I know a lot of that had uh, to do with some pretty funny style officiating, but 11 penalties for 99 yards, that's, a, that's the length of a football field. That's a touchdown right there, right? I mean, so that's something that, that the Raiders just had too much, had too much of that. The Chiefs had five penalties for 72 yards, but most of that came off of two pass interference penalties on Devontae Adams that, that was caused by Devontae Adams early in the game. After that, the Chiefs didn't really have that many penalties, right? But the Raiders did. 11 penalties, 99 yards. All this just bothers me because, again, there was such an emphasis on not beating yourself. And I will argue with anyone who wants – I don't really want – I shouldn't say argue because someone's going to take me up on that. But I will say that the Raiders have lost four games and they literally beat themselves in all four of those games. I know the other teams had something to do with it, but I think it'd be hard to find someone that would tell you that the game that they lost last night was just because Kansas City beat them. I definitely believe the game last night, the Raiders beat themselves, right? And they've, they've done this too many times. And, and, and with this regime, that, that's been their focus is not beating yourself. So that's what, you know, makes me think, like, what in the hell's going on? Where is, where is the disconnect where they just can't finish it, where they can't get it done? You know, Devontae Adams, for the second time this season so far, uh, you know, isn't able to get his feet down in bounds with the ball late in the game. Devontae Adams, incredible wide receiver. I'm not ever trying to question any of his, his, uh, you know, his effort. I know he's going to give you maximum effort. He's going to make some incredible plays. But some of the frustration that you saw from him after him and Hunter Renfro collided into each other and him slamming his helmet down on the ground and everything else that happened after that, part of that was going back to that incompletion that he had on the sideline. Don't get it twisted. Some of that was, on, uh, was because of that play because he knows that that's a routine catch for him. Devontae Adams doesn't bobble the ball. Devontae Adams doesn't not get both feet down. He just doesn't. 
But for the second time this year, that has happened to him. You can't put that on the quarterback. I know somebody's going to call in and try to do that. You can't put that on the quarterback. That was on 17. It's just little small mistakes are what are dooming this team right now. And I don't understand why they're continuously making these mistakes. You have guys like Max Crosby who's out there balling out of control. The dude is the energizer bunny. He had his running mate Chandler Jones for the first half. The second half looked like Chandler Jones slowed down. But, man, Max Crosby's giving you everything he's got. Josh Jacobs is giving you everything and then some. Back-to-back weeks where he's, he's uh, you know, had his career high in, in, in rushing yards and just can't find ways to finish games. Yeah, Josh Jacobs finished the game against the Broncos a week ago, but consistently this team is not finding ways to finish games. My question, why? 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Rich in Oakland. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. It's a lot on my mind, Q. It's a lot on my mind. Uh, first of all, I feel you what you're saying that we ain't got to scream at you when we call. A lot of people, they can get their point across without screaming, like blowing out our eardrums. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yesterday is just – I ain't never seen nothing like this, you know, with the Raiders this year. You know, four losses, a total of 14 points, you know, close games. We lost every single game in the most heartbreaking way. You know, I just don't – I never seen nothing like this. I don't understand it. I know we got a good team. We got the talent. It just all comes down to the execution, and that's just what it is. You know, the the players that we paid big money to, Renfro, you know, fumbled against the Cardinals from game over. Last night, I think it was on him that that ran the wrong route, game over. You know, Waller, we paid him all that money. Where he's been at, uh, week one through four, he was, you know, he couldn't catch nothing. And then yesterday he gets injured, and I get it. Injury's not on him. But the problem is that when you're not fully locked in, like maybe he wasn't, that's, that's when injuries happen a little yep. a little bit more often. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, it's just it's tough. One and four. I don't I, I don't think that the season might. Uh, who knows, man? We got an easy, not an easy stretch, but it's kind of it, you know we might make some noise. I think that we have a really good squad. It's just that we got caught slipping, and we're one and four now. And then Twitter's going crazy talking about fire Josh McDaniels. No way Mark right. Davis is going to fire Josh McDaniels. He's a good coach. Let's not forget Bill Belichick started 5-11 and 11 with the Patriots. All right? Rome wasn't built in one day. He went head-to-head with Andy Reid last night. And he's, you know, maybe that fourth down, uh, he should have ran it. He should have, you know, they were, bl- I mean, it's, it's just, it's hypotheticals now. You know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. We lost the game. We're one and four. We're going into the bye. Even if the season is washed, come back and win some games, go on a run. We are not a poverty team. We have a good coaching staff. We have I mean, and shout out to Derek also. He played he balled out yesterday, you know. Mm-hmm. We have a good coaching staff. We have a decent quarterback. We have a lot of playmakers. This season is just terrible. I feel for all my Raider Nation out there because I feel sick. You know, it's been year after year after year. And these losses this year, Q, I know you you love the Raiders, man. These are some sick losses, bro. And I hope, yeah. I just hope, just like my Warriors, we were down and out for so long and we bounced back and now we got four rings. I hope one day, Q, I could call you. The day we win a championship with Josh McDaniels, I'm going to call in the show and we're going to remember about this day and the pain that we felt today. Have a great day and God bless y'all. Hey, man, great call. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, I look forward to that call, brother. (laughs) I sure do. I hope you call me on my personal phone, as a matter of fact. That'll be a a fun conversation, won't it? And, yeah, that's the thing about it, man. I think if the Raiders hadn't come into the season with such high expectations, maybe this 1-4 and start wouldn't be so bad. 
You know, but that's just where it is right now with the expectations. And look, I was part of the hype machine. I'll be the first to admit it. What I saw at practice, what I saw at training camp, uh, obviously with the weapons that we all know about, I felt pretty confident this team was going to go in there and, you know, they were going to basically, without, you know, being ugly about it, kick ass and and, and take names, right? I mean, that's just what I thought it was going to be, and it just hasn't been that, unfortunately. And like you said, it's a long season. Games are very winnable coming out of the bye. But, you know, before you can go on a winning streak, you got to win one. And then you got to get two. And then you got to build on that. So uh, the Raiders got to get back into the lab, man. They got a bye week to get healthy. Let's take one more quick call, and we'll take it from Quick, matter of fact, right here in Vegas. Quick, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. So, Q, Q Ball. What's up, dog? Check it out, man. Man, chilling. I got a couple things on today. Uh, you know, what I'm a, a little bit frustrated about. You know, I'm not much of a caller, so I had to hop in here real quick. <laughs> my, my, my biggest thing is how we all as fans really thought that this this uh, particular roster was supposed to be big and bad and great when there weren't that many changes that were made, particularly to the O-line and D-line. I'm a little bit frustrated that Ziggy is just kind of sitting back, getting a little bit of a pass, and, you know, Josh taking a lot of heat, DC obviously taking a lot of heat. The construction of the roster, and I think it fell apart a little bit, was when Waller, like I said all offseason, shouldn't have been paid. He held us hostage during training camp. He came back. He was nothing for us. And it's just been a mess for us from that standpoint. And I think it's kind of trickled down to the rest of the roster. My second point that I'm a little bit messed up about is Pat Graham. Come on, my guy. Four touchdowns for Kelsey. Yeah. What are we doing here? Right. Who was considering this person a head coach at one point? Because I don't see that. So for him to be out there, you know, whatever defense we're running, Moore gets taken a step back. Yeah. I mean, the whole situation is just looking fugazi at this point. And, and it's roster construction for me. And it's also – some of the some of the, the, the schemes, obviously, we can ash out Josh and some of his nutty mistakes, but it's been some of the coaches' stuff as well. You know, I'm a big player. Hey, get the players right. First kind of guy, D.C., I'm always on his head. But, hey, I got to look at the guys that's making the calls, man. I appreciate you taking me today. I'll talk with you in a minute. Hey, great call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I'll tell you this. Two things I thought of when I was watching that game last night. One, what you just said about Patrick Graham, how in the world – does Travis Kelsey get four touchdowns, right? Everyone knew when we talked about who do the Raiders really need to focus in on, and we all talked about Travis Kelsey, but we said, okay, there's no way that that's going to be the only guy to be able to beat the Raiders because everyone's going to be focused in on him. No way that he gets seven catches for 25 yards and, and gets four touchdowns, right? The yardage, great, 25 yards, that's nothing. Seven catches, okay, whatever, but still the yardage is nothing. But four touchdowns, I mean, that's something that, that yeah, so that – made me immediately think of Patrick Graham and, wait, what is the plan here? What, what, what happened? How did that happen? And, and I'm a guy that's a big Patrick Graham guy. Like, I thought that he was going to really come in and turn some things around on that Raiders defense. And, you know, they have glimpses where they're really good, and then they use, there's questions that make you scratch your head like we saw last night. Four touchdowns. And then the other thing I thought of, and then we'll take a break, I thought of Raider Mack. Why did I think of Raider Mack? Because I saw Trayvon Merrick struggle. And I'm not calling him a bust. I know Raider Mack said that, but that was the first person – that popped in my mind because when I saw Trayvon Merrick struggle, I thought Raider Mac somewhere is sitting there saying, I told you, Q. I told you, Q. And that's not what it's all about, but that's just immediately what popped in my brain. That's how my, my mind is wired. I'm thinking about, you know, what different people have called and said and suggested and things that we need to be watching for and paying attention to. Like Raider Nation, I listen to what you guys say. So, you know, I'm looking at Trayvon Merrick and I see him struggle a little bit last night or even a lot of bit. And I think, 
what are what are are you doing? What are you doing? That you you are a better player than that. I know that, but it looks like just like we heard from uh, from Quick, it looks like he might have taken a step back. Maybe he's not a hundred percent healthy from that hip injury. I don't want to make excuses for him. Uh, I just don't know. It looked like he uh, took a step back though, just like Quick said. Thank you so much for those calls. I do appreciate you. Of course, we'll get to the text six nine one eight seven keyword R and R after we talk to Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas. He was there at the game. He was in the locker room following the game. He's going to join us next to give his thoughts on it. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Talking about the Raiders' 30-29 to loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, dropping them to 1-4. Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns. On the day, got a text message on our text line at 69187, keyword R&R. In the red zone, we don't have anyone to match up with Kelsey, and the Chiefs know it. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk about that and everything else Raiders-related is our good friend Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Also, the RJ, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, does a fantastic job on both. And, Ed, you heard what the texter said. The Raiders don't have anybody to match up with Travis Kelsey, who had four touchdowns, seven catches, only 25 yards, but four touchdowns on Monday night. What are your thoughts on Kelsey and the way he just dominated the Raiders on Monday? Uh Obviously impressive, but I don't think it's just Travis Kelsey. I saw a stat earlier today, Q, that uh, they're giving up 80-something percent of touchdowns when the other team gets to the red zone. So they don't only have someone who can't match up with Kelsey. They don't have someone who can match up with a lot of people. They're giving up that many touchdowns when the uh, opponent reaches the red zone. But obviously four touchdowns. Um, I think it was a group effort. I don't think it was just one guy losing him. Um, And they forgot to cover him a couple times, which is amazing given who he is. So. Yeah, that um, that was just one of those things and a million things I'm sure you've talked about today in this game. There, You could probably talk about this game all week and not cover everything. No, I agree. And, you know, I think we're going to end up talking about it all week since it's the bye week now. But uh, So there are no games to prepare for until the Texans, and we'll start doing that next week. But, you know, talking about Travis Kelsey and the four touchdowns, Ed, I think I counted three of them where he wasn't even touched. Like, that can't, yeah. that, that's got to be some kind of major blown coverage or some kind of disconnect between Patrick Graham and the defenders. What happens there? And the, and the one time he is touched, he breaks like four tackles. Right. Um, just the lack of communication, I think he hit it on the head. Um, it, I, I don't know how it happens that often. It shouldn't um, at that level. Um, because I do think, you know, even at 17-0, you kind of figured the Chiefs were going to get going at some point. And I'm sure we'll talk about the, the rushing, the, the passer call, and what that did for the Chiefs and turned them up, you know, got them going. But, you know, it's a lack of communication, and you know there's break, there were breakdowns on all of those touchdowns, except again maybe not the one he broke all those tackles on, and that just can't happen, man. I mean, he, 25 yards on seven catches on four touchdowns. I can only say good for him because he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> right. I actually had a buddy that I was sitting there next to uh, at the Oyo last night. We were watching the game, and he said, hey, you know what? If there's one silver lining, he's on my, uh, he's on my fantasy team. And so <laughs> there's all that. It's a very sick way of thinking about things. It is. It's, it's the number one reason why I'm not a fantasy football player. But, again, that's just me. Again, we're talking with Ed Grady from the RJ, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Now, you mentioned that, uh, that penalty, the roughing the passer on Derek Carr, Chris Jones. Uh, what did you think of the call, and what did you think of the way that the NFL is trying to protect yeah. quarterbacks now? I, I, just, I just think they don't even know. 
Um, I just think it's gotten to a point where I'm not sure they even know what they're calling anymore. Um, I know Derek and Chris joked about it after the game that it wasn't a roughing the passer. Um, it was almost a strip sack. Um, so I thought the call was bad, and but I do think you know it got that crowd into it. What they had done a great job of before that, leading 17-0 before that, was they really took the crowd out of it. And, you know, I've been to Arrowhead a lot. I think it's the loudest stadium. I think they're the most, you know, raucous bunch of fans. Um, and they go insane when their team does well. And But they were out of it. Uh, it was 17-0 at one point, and they were quiet. And that that call, you heard the booth, I'm sure, got them going and got their team going. So that was not good for the Raiders in any way. It, you know, you'll say, well, it was good for them because they went and got three. But I think that woke up Chiefs. And it certainly woke up their crowd. So I think if you go back, you know, the question is, you know, do you take the three or do you, you know, you don't get that call. Maybe you don't get the three, but maybe that crowd stays a little silent and the Chiefs don't wake up like that. So I didn't like the call. Um, I think Derek knew they got away with one there. Um, like I said, he was joking with him afterwards about that it wasn't, you know, the call wasn't a good one. Uh, so, yeah, and we saw the Brady one the day before. I'm just not sure. I, I'm all for protecting people. I get that. Um, but it's like Aikman said on the broadcast, like, you know, take the, what did he say? Take the dresses off, take the skirts off. Yeah. Um, it's a violent game, man. And they signed up for it. And, you know, it doesn't mean you want unnecessary shots or guys taking cheap shots at people, but man, you got to let them play at some point also. Right. Exactly. I mean, some of these uh, penalty calls are just so egregious. And so, you know, that you just know that they're not unnecessary roughness. And I, I mentioned Ed that there was a time when Crosby went to sack Mahomes and he didn't even take him to the ground. Right, he, he held him up. It's yeah, he just basically hugged him. Like, like, what are yeah. we doing? <laughs> it's probably a smart move by him because he probably thought, if I get this guy to the ground, there's going to be a flag. I mean, at least he's yep. probably paying attention, saying, you know, I, I can't do what I should be able to do here and get him to the ground. You know, and especially him because he's, you know, he's so he's so maneuverable in how he how he plays the game. You want to get him to the ground, right? Because you know he could get out of it and go and throw a thirty yard, you know, reception and things like that. Exactly, and that's my big issue. Not necessarily with that play, but if you try to do that moving forward, guys are going to wiggle out of that. If you're just trying to hold them yes. up, they're going to. And then what are you going to hear? Well, how come he didn't take him to the ground? Why? Right. Gonna, you know, exactly. so it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yep. So I don't know what the NFL is going to do, but they've got to fix uh, something. Again, we're talking with Ed Grady here on Red Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. My man Demond's got one for you. You mentioned how the um, strict strip sack that wasn't a sack that ignited the Chiefs crowd. But do you think that that affected the officials even more than the fact that they had to give some give the Chiefs so many make good calls later on in the game? Yeah, I mean, I I do, Devon. I think you know when you go later in the game, and you know, obviously, you know, we're going to probably talk on the big one is the hold on the field goal attempt. I had never seen that. I know Josh Debo tweeted it hadn't happened since 2015 when Khalil Mack got called on it. Um, I thought that was very very bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it's weird on the makeups. Um, are, are they doing it in the instant? Uh, subconsciously, are they doing it? You don't really know. You're not inside their heads. Um, but I, I know that since it was 20 to 10, the Raiders had 10 more penalties called on them. And before that, uh, Q might have numbers. I think it was only three. So they had a lot of penalties called on them, you know, after once you got past this penalty. Um, and, you know, it's just I think it's more subconscious because of the booze. I don't know if they're saying, okay, on this play, I'm going to make it up and I'm going to find something. But if they see it subconsciously, I think they called a few that weren't penalties on the Raiders. And, you know, that hurts that, you know, you don't want that. You don't want, you don't want calls made up because of you're being affected by the crowd or or whatnot. Um, So they have a tough job. I get that. Um, But yeah, I think DeMond's right. I think after that call, there were a few that you could really kind of 
blink when it came to you know flags against the Raiders. And I know that the Raiders, that they still had to go out there and make plays. They still had chances yeah. to win the game. And those final minutes of the game, did you agree with the strategy of trying to throw the ball to get, get move the ball down the field, or should they have still kept running with Josh Jacobs to try to get the ball down the field and get in field goal range? Well, the one call, and I think you're talking about, the, so their last play of the game, and I had a, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in the minority on this. I get that. I know that. I don't know what your callers have said. I don't know what your textures have said. But I'm going to be in the minority not having a big deal going for two. Like, I, I didn't have as big a deal with a lot that a lot of people have. But I did have a big deal with this. I think with 47 seconds left, or 46 from the 47, with the kicker you have on the sideline who's made 38 straight, I would have run Jacobs on fourth and one, clocked the ball, and then gone and got two more receptions if you could do that and get him in range. Because you didn't have very much far to get that guy in range. I mean, you can hit from anywhere. So I, I had a problem on fourth and one going for it all, and then the two, you know, then Renfro and Adams collide, and the game's over. I thought they should have run it there and, and, and killed it, and then you have a two more plays to get him in range. So I, that's the one that I really thought if I went back, you know, if, if they went back and thought about it, I mean, the guy's got 154 at that point. Um, you can probably get him one. I know he didn't score on the two-point conversion, but that's a little different in terms of how people are lined up down there. Um, I would have done that. I, I would have run Jacobs instead of trying to get to Adams and, and then obviously Renfro. I don't know if it was Hunter. Someone someone didn't do what they're supposed to do on the collision. Um, so I, I would have run Jacobs there. What are your thoughts? Because you mentioned that you didn't have a problem going for the two-point conversion down by the goal line. I'm one of those that I would have preferred them just to kick the extra point, knot it right. all up at 30, and then, hey, you know, play for whatever you can get at the end. But, what I mean, when you see that, when you see Josh McDaniels going for two, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think, you know, at first you have to stop them anyway. I mean, you, if, you, if you don't, they're going to go win the game anyway. And I'd like to – I just think it's a team you, 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 you want to force them in that moment to play from behind. He, as good as he is, and obviously Mahomes is amazing, I'd rather him having a, you know, a little, little extra juice in terms of pressure to play from behind, having to make plays. I think it's a little different than when it's tied for him to go, to go down and, and, you know, get in field goal range for, by the way, a field goal kicker who – I mean, he missed two. Uh, now the one, you know, if I'm not mistaken, was taken off the board because of the uh, because of the call there, and then he hit Kelsey with the touchdown. Yep. Um, so I didn't go crazy over that. I mean, I could see the tie move also. I could see both moves. But if I go back and say what didn't I agree with most or more, I didn't agree that they didn't run Jacobs more so than going for two and trying to put the pressure more on Mahomes as he's as he's down a, you know down a point rather than tied. And in his mind, you know. Um, even if they tied and go to overtime, and, and like I said, you're going to have to stop them anyway, and they ended up stopping them anyway. Right? You know, they ended up stopping them and getting the ball, and you know, trying to drive for their own for their own field goal. So that was one where I I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't up there, you know, saying, "Oh man, you got to do, it, you got to do, it, you got to go for the tie." Um, I can see both sides of it. I just really thought they had a chance to get Carlson in range, and they did a few things that I don't think they should have done. I agree with that, and that was something I didn't like either. I, I said I thought Josh Jacobs should have ran the ball in fourth and one, and hell, Ed, he probably should have ran it on third and one as well, right? I yeah. mean, you know, you yeah. just give him an opportunity because he had been doing so well, and you see Devontae Adams, he, he bobbles the ball on the sideline. Good idea. Execution wasn't there. Uh, you know, he's, he's now had a couple times so far in this young season where he's done that, where he hasn't been able to get his feet down with possession yeah. of the ball, which is very un-Devontae Adams-like, so that's not something that I think is a problem. Yeah. It's just unfortunate, right? But uh, I yeah, did want to... They Go just ahead. can't, you know. They just can't. They just can't make that one play, right? They, yeah. they you know, they can't get the foot down. 
they can't get the two point conversion. They can't. There's and, and McDaniel's talks about this, and, he, and he's right because they've had a lot of game, you know, all their games in the fourth quarter. They just haven't been the team to make the play. Right. You know, they just they can't make that play. They can't. You know, you can't toe tap and control the ball. And that's hard to do. I'm not saying it's just on him. Obviously, you know, right. he had the two touchdowns, or anything, but it's just. They just can't seem to be the one team out of both that can make the play to win a game and execute when you must you must execute on this way to win the game. And you know, you know, four times out of five now they haven't been that team. No, no, they haven't, you know, so it's it's been frustrating, especially when a team that went into the season with as high as expectations, whether they were, you know, uh, warranted or not, the expectations were definitely there for this team yep. to be better than one and four going into the bye yep. week. So, Ed, we'll close it out on this. For the Raiders this week, it's the bye week. Obviously, they got to get healthy. Darren Waller played six snaps, and you saw that yeah. what, what that was. That was nothing. But what is the biggest focus for the Raiders this week during the bye? Get healthy and just they, they got to refresh. I mean, I'm sure he's going to look at all the film. I mean, you know, whether it's red zone, whether it's defense in the red zone, I'm sure they're going to watch a ton of film. I think you need, like you just said, Q, get healthy, take a breath. Because here's the thing, you know, the pessimist is going to say, you know, nine and three gets you to ten and seven. Who in the world can sit here and say they'd see that from this team right now? I don't think anyone would if they're looking at it, you know, plainly. But they've got five or six coming up that are all winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you and I are talking a month from now and they've won four or five or five or six or all of them, then like, I don't know if either of us would blink because I think they're winnable games. But this team has to do a lot of things to turn things around like that. And um, I think if they look at the schedule, they'll see a lot of places there where they can maybe go on a little mini run and get back to feeling good about themselves. Um, so I just, you know, get everyone healthy and come back against a winnable team and a winnable game. And you got to start there. You got to start with, you got to start with one game and win that one and go to the next. I agree 100%. You can't win two until you win one. So uh, right, that's going to start right. when they come out of the bye. Houston at home at the Allegiant Stadium. And Houston's been – they've been a tough out. They haven't been winning games, but they've been competing right. uh, every game yeah, that they, they compete, play. Yeah, they compete every week. Yep, exactly. So, uh, yeah, Lovey Smith's got those guys at least believing that they can go out and win. Well, fantastic stuff, Ed. Uh, glad to know that you made it home safely Thanks, and everything. Buddy. What do you got coming out on the RJ we should look out for? Well, um, I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot in terms of uh, uh, the Raiders. We can write enough about. We can't write enough about this game. <laughs> right. uh, Golden Knights open tonight, and Golden Knights will be at the uh, home opener on Thursday. So we'll see if the Knights have what it takes this year to get back to the playoffs. That's right. The Knights and uh, and, and the what uh, the L.A. today. The Kings, right? Yeah, they're at the Kings tonight, and then they host the Blackhawks on Thursday. Boom. There it is right there. Excited about that as well. Another season of uh, Golden Knight uh, hockey. Well, Ed, thanks so much for your time, my man. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Thanks, you guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. There he goes. Ed Graney from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, also writes for the RJ, does a fantastic job with both, and we definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. 2.46 is the time. Take a quick break. Got a ton of text messages that I want to get to. We'll make sure we do that on the other side. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up to start hour number two of the show, we'll have John McClain from GalleriesSports.com, also Sports Radio 610 in H-Town, and he's probably watching the Astros right now as they're down to Seattle in the ALDS 6-3 to in the bottom of the sixth inning. John McClain, a big Astros fan. Uh, matter of fact, I'm sure he has the Astros going to the World Series, so we'll ask him about that as well. But John McClain will join us at 3 o'clock. Right now we're talking about the loss, the Raiders losing to the Chiefs 30-29. to Really heartbreak fashion because it's a game that was very winnable. Uh, we got a texter from the 415. Make sure when you text in, you hit us with 69187 keyword R&R. 
R actually just found this text from the 415. It went to our ESPN account, but make sure you put R&R as a keyword and then the message, and we'll make sure to get it. But uh, definitely appreciate you. It says, talking about Travis Kelsey, seven catches for 25 yards and four touchdowns means he had three catches for, what, 10 yards outside the red zone? The Raiders stopped him all game long but went away from the game plan once he went into the red zone. Stick with the same scheme that worked outside the red zone. Hit him on the, hit him online and double-team him in the red zone. Again, that's a texture from the 415. And that was the thing that bothered me. I, I know how much of a talent Travis Kelsey is. At least if he's going to be down there in the red zone and you know he's going to be a big-time target, stick to him. Put a body on him. Be physical with him. You know, there's too many times that basically he was untouched. That's what bothers me. If you get beat by a better player, like Devontae Adams had two incredible touchdown catches on Monday night, right? One where he beat a double team. Sometimes you just tip the cap and say, well done, because that was just a hell of a catch, hell of a throw from D.C. But when he's running scot-free and nobody's even touching, putting hands on him or trying to even be physical with him, that's where I have a problem. One more quick text. Vegas Pete said, Q, I'm surprised at your take. Quarterbacks are the star players of the NFL. They're worth millions of teams, so of course they're going to protect them. Jones put his weight on car, drove him into the ground. It's the same as superstars calls in the NBA. Nobody wants to see backups. We want the stars out there. And I agree with you, Vegas Pete. My issue with the whole roughing the passer penalties that we've been seeing is the inconsistencies. What can these guys do? So if you, and just like I say with the catch rule, tell me what a catch is. Tell me what a catch is so I understand if I'm sitting in a bar and I watch it on TV, I say, that's a catch. Or if I'm sitting in a bar, as we were last night, we were sitting in the underground lounge watching it, I understand that that's roughing the passer or that's not roughing the passer. That's all I ask. Just be consistent. Because, look, by the letter of the law, what you've seen this weekend, you could have said Denzel Perryman threw Patrick Mahomes down and could have got a 15-yard penalty. He didn't, but... I mean, the way Denzel Perryman threw Patrick Mahomes, it looked very similar to how Tua Tagovailoa got thrown. So where's the consistencies? And you saw the crowd there in Kansas City start yelling, Where, where's the flag? Where's the flag? So be consistent. Tell me what a catch is so I understand it like I'm a dummy, right? Catch for dummies. Like, build this book for me. Catch for dummies and roughing the passer for dummies. I don't mind being the dummy. If I'm the one who makes it understandable for everybody across the league, I'm okay with that. I don't think that what Chris Jones did – was roughing the passer. I don't. I, I'll go to my grave and tell you I don't think that, that was roughing the passer. thought that was a terrible call. I think Malcolm Kuntz's holding penalty was even worse. And the reason why it was even worse is because it was a makeup call, just like we talked to Ed just a little while ago. It was a terrible call. It hasn't been called for, what, five or seven years, whatever the case may be, since 2015. The last person that did it was Khalil Mack. And, oh, by the way, the last official that called that was the same official who called it last night. Like, come on. Come on, man. Like, that's, that's awful. That's just a makeup call, and it's a bad makeup call, and that should not happen. That's worse than seeing a phantom call in the NBA when you see that those, and they have some bad uh, makeup calls in the NBA as well. But thank you so much for your text. Let me get to a couple calls real quick before we get to John McClain. Uh, let's start things off with Ed in Colorado. Been, been patiently waiting. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for accepting my call. Yep. I'm frustrated with how the defense has been playing. I think the biggest weakness right now for us is the secondary. Yep. Um, you know, a big example is, you know, going back to the Broncos game. We made Russell Wilson look like a superstar during that game. And we dominated in the run, but we still let them in just because our defense allowed him to get big chunks of yards. Yeah. And I think this and, – and the same thing with last game, last night game. I saw cornerbacks out of position – not able to make a, a, a move on the ball, like 
Patrick Mahomes wasn't throwing balls at tight windows. It was wide open, wide outs. Yep. And, you know, and they were out of position, unbalanced, and couldn't make the call. And then one, and one frustrating thing, too, is they can't tackle. They're, like, number 24 is trying to rip the ball, and, the, and, the, and they're running for five, six more yards. Make the tackle. Call it a loss and just tackle them. Good stuff. I agree. Uh, we saw Hobbs do that as well. Abram, Hobbs, Amik, I think they all did that where they were going for the strip instead of going for the tackle. That's one thing that drives me crazy. I know the strip is great when you're able to create it, but get the guy to the ground. You know, it made, made certain guys on the Chiefs, you know, running backs for the Chiefs look like beast mode out there, running through them, right? It just didn't make any sense. And I agree with you 100%. Uh, the secondary was a problem last night. Nate Hobbs and Amik Robertson, I think, both had a bad day to have a bad day, right? I think Nate Hobbs probably had his worst day as a pro, straight up. You know, I know he got injured and came back into the game, but he didn't look good, in my opinion. Didn't look as good as what we expect from Nate Hobbs. It's just the, I think the secondary in general was uh, pretty, pretty shaky at best last night. We got time for one more call. We got to take a break. What do you want me to do? One more call. Let's go to Raider Mac real quick. I talked him up. What's, what's on your mind, brother? Thank you. So, I, was, uh, I was thinking about you last night with Trayvon Mooring. <laughs> hey, I, I don't want the kid to do bad. I, I never said that. What, here's my biggest problem with him. He's not aggressive. He's tentative. He's just waiting for something to happen instead of making it happen. And as far as the game, I'm not blaming him or anybody. It, it, at the, the bottom line, Kansas City is a better team than that. They didn't beat us eight out of nine times or whatever it is. It, it, it's just the facts. We, we got to realize we keep talking about what we should have won this. We didn't have different coaches. We didn't have like three or four coaches and we still can't beat these guys. Here, here's the biggest issue to me is Josh McDaniels. I know you, you talked about how you talked about how you, 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 you wanted to wait and see too, or you talked about, you like them. I, I wasn't sold on, on, on this guy. I'm not saying to fire him or anything like that, but some guys are just coordinators and some guys look at Andy Reid. Every time at the end of every game, we've lost by points and I don't believe that pro football focus nonsense because teams gonna win this the NFL teams and this is sports teams gonna win by low points sometimes and, and and win by big points but the biggest difference in the NFL is the coaching Andy Reid makes the, the adjustments and his staff makes the adjustments we don't he some guys are just um coordinators and some guys are our head coaches all right. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, look, that's still TBD, right, to be determined. Uh, I'll say this. Josh McDaniels has coached five games. Five games. That's it. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to just label him as a not a good head coach uh, yet. I think you have to still give him uh, time. And, but he's got to prove it, you know, because, again, you're absolutely right. Some guys are much better coordinators than they are head coaches. That's a proven fact time and time again. But, again, a five-game sample size is kind of small sample to be able to label someone at this point. But we will see. 258 is the time when we come back. John McClain from GalleriesSports.com and Sports Radio 610 in H-Town. He'll join the show. It's Red Nation Radio 920.